0: Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at PCTYTalks at Paylocity.com. On today's episode, I talk with Kate Grimaldi, Director of Strategic Talent Management and Human Resources here at Paylocity, about developing your HR brand. Kate, thanks for joining me again today. Really excited to have you on the podcast again.
1: Thanks for having me, Sherry. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, we actually got to spend some time together this week. We did a webinar on year-end for HR. And what I really enjoyed about it is we actually focused on the practitioner side of the equation and not necessarily compliance. And one of the topics we got to talk about was education and what that might look like this coming year. It really started me thinking down this road of what we're told as HR practitioners when it comes to being educated, right? Get a certification, find a mentor, and so on and so on. There's all this talk about, um, you know, learning and knowledge, but what we don't talk about a lot, which I think is a really important tool for practitioners, is the HR brand. So I wanted to jump on with you today and really dig into that a little bit. So I'll start by asking you, as you've gone through your HR practitioner journey, how have you looked at and defined what you consider the HR brand? Yeah,
1: that's a really great question, Sherry, and one that I would agree with you that we probably don't talk enough about as practitioners, especially with, you know, lately with everything going on, we'll focus more on tactical and trying to keep up with legislation and other things that we're doing. You know, with HR brand, for me, one of the things that really defines it is how do the leaders and the staff, you know, in the organization that I work with, how do they perceive me and my value to the team? Um, You know, do they think that I offer something enough where they might want me to speak on a team meeting? Do they regularly seek me out? you know, outside of the normal, hey, performance review or workforce planning, succession planning, et cetera? Um, Do they come to me because they want to talk through something? Maybe it is from a coaching standpoint. They're looking for some help with coaching um, one of their leaders or just how to deal with someone that they work with. You know, for me, when I think about really, like, how do I build that value and how do I make sure those things are happening? It's really understanding the business. So do me as the business partner, do I understand how, you know, how revenue is brought into the company, how the operational functions work, you know, why certain groups exist within the company? Um, Do I deliver on my promises? You know, if I promise that I'm going to um, roll out a training at a specific time, or I'm gonna follow up on something, or I'm gonna work through open enrollment in a timely process, am I able to do that based on the goals that I've set and really follow through? I think some of the other things to me that really make up that HR brand are around accountability um, and education. So am I accountable for the things that I know and am I willing to educate myself on the things that I don't? Um, You know, for me, transparency is really important. One of the things that I say a lot as a practitioner when I'm talking to leaders is, you know, it's a really great question. I need to think about that or, you know what, that's actually not in my wheelhouse or my area of expertise. So I need some time. Um, in order for me to figure out kind of what the best option is for you. And just being honest about that as a practitioner, that, you know what, we can't have all the answers. It's not possible. And in 2020, um, I think more often than not, I don't have the answer the first time around. Um, And I think that just kind of goes along with, you know, really being logical and pragmatic. And, you know, for me, I think the final thing is as an HR practitioner is around policies, So we tend um, to, most of us have been kind of taught over the years to give direction or guidance based on a policy. When we say, well, this is what the policy says, so this is what you should do. And I think more and more nowadays, people are really just looking for an interpretation. They can read the policy themselves. So making sure as an HR person, we are using that policy to help make an informed decision or give informed guidance, but we are also explaining the why behind it. So instead of just saying the law says X, it's more of us saying, hey, based on the company we work for, based on the law that's out there, and based on some of the policies and procedures, I recommend that you do X, Y, and Z because. And so using policy as a tool um, versus, you know, maybe our only guidance or our only, you know, sort of guiding light when making a decision. You know, all of these things together for me really build your HR practitioner brand.
0: I really like that you highlighted those kind of like pillars to think about as you're developing your brand. So tactically, right, maybe somebody's listening and they're like, yeah, this is great. I'd love to start creating my brand. Is it just based on experience, interactions, or do you think there's some tactical steps that practitioners can take to start to build that brand?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I think it's a little bit of both. I think, um, you know, some of the things that I discussed earlier really just require sort of taking a deep breath and stepping back. So I always say, listen before you answer. Don't listen to answer. So making sure that you are listening to what the person is saying, you're thinking through it, maybe taking notes. I know for me, I can get distracted really easily. And sometimes when someone's talking to me about something important, I have to actually type out what they're saying so I can stay focused. And then I really take a minute and just be honest with them like, hey, I need a minute to think about this. Um, I'll get back to you later. I think that's probably where the tactical piece comes in, which is, you know, being okay with saying I'm not totally sure yet, that's a really complicated issue, and I want to make sure that I give you the right guidance. Um, and whether that is going to check with someone else because you want to bounce it off someone, whether it's doing some research, what you're really just telling your, your internal client at that point or your partner is, hey, I really need some time to think through this to make sure I give you the answer that I'm most confident about and the answer you're going to be able to use going forward. So I think tactically it's really um, listening before you answer versus listening to answer. Um, And I think more than anything, it is based on experience, but not experience in the way of you have to work at several companies or have multiple positions. Every interaction is an experience. Every situation can be an experience. I've also found that just keeping notes, keeping records of different things, whether it's in a you know, using a platform of some kind or even just your good old notebook with your pen and paper. um, Those are good things to go back to later on to just say, how did I handle that the last time? And is there something I can build off of or do I want to try something different?
0: I like the notebook idea, um, whether you're old school paper or digital, (laughs) that comes uh, it's such a great tool. I've definitely utilized that when I've been working through different experiences and um, maybe the current experience isn't the same as the last one, but at least I have a base now to go back to. You know, as you work through creating this this brand and this image of HR, do you think it needs to, um, let me ask the question a different way. Your company probably has a mission, purpose, vision statement. And as you think about, your HR brand, is it something that needs to be um, come to life in that way? Do you need to have for HR something specific, mission, purpose, vision, or is this a little bit more squishy?
1: <laughs> I love that word, squishy. You know, this is an interesting one. I do think you need to have some sort of a mission or vision, but I don't know that it needs to be for HR. I mean, if you are a leader of a large HR organization, maybe. Um, What I've always found as a practitioner is I like to have my own sort of mission and vision. I think that goes back to some of those pillars around accountability and transparency. I think when you are introducing yourself for the first time to a business or you're working through a tough situation, I think being able to be honest with them about the things that you need and about the things that you are going to be able to do and be able to commit to, I think that really creates that mission and purpose statement. A lot of times I'll say things like, Hey, for those of you that don't know me very well, I'm bad at sugarcoating things. So I'm going to be really honest with you. Um, And I'm very transparent and I look at things from a very logical perspective. So if you're looking for someone to look at things from an emotional perspective, you know, sometimes you're going to have to help me and remind me of that because that's not always, you know, my area of strength. So my sort of purpose as an HR person really is to guide you and to support you. And to help work through things, and I'm never going to leave you out to dry. If I give you guidance, I'm going to be as accountable to that guidance as you know as you, I hope you would be if you go and use it. So for me, I think it's less about a organizational wide purpose statement, or you know, even if it's just small group, it's more of you as a practitioner. Like, what do you believe your purpose is, and in, in supporting your partners, and what are you willing to commit to?
0: It can be very individualistic as far as how, how it presents for the practitioner. You know, one of the things that I've thought about is that balance between, you know, how you present yourself as an HR practitioner and how you continue to be human and transparent with those around you. And it it leads me down the road to the question of um, reputation, you know, and how do you think your reputation is going to impact your ability to create a real meaningful difference in your organization when when it comes to brand, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think reputation is huge. Um, you know, as HR people, we usually walk into a, any every scenario with a reputation that somebody else has already created for us. And you know, I know at times that's been really frustrating to me. Um, things, and I'm sure everybody on the podcast has probably heard things like, "Oh, look, here comes the HR person," or "Don't say that; HR's in the room," or oh, "I can't believe you did that; HR is going to yell at you. Now you have to go talk to HR." We are not the police. We are not the principal. But I'm sure all of you can think of situations where you felt like that. Um, when you focus and build your HR brand, what you're doing is also building that reputation of someone who is a business partner, someone who is supportive, someone who can provide education and provide guidance to solve problems, answer questions, and really create a strategic direction for different parts of the organization that you know that may need that. You know, a lot of times when I think about Reputation. um, The big part of the thing that always kind of comes back to me is do people seek you out when they don't need you? Do they seek you out to talk through something because they like your perspective that is also a huge reputation impactor, and it also demonstrates that you've created this brand and you've created this reputation of someone that is trustworthy and someone that is, you know, able to provide support and answer questions, you know, in a, in a logical manner, in a transparent way, based on the information that you have. Um, so I do think that's a big part of it. You know, unfortunately, I would love to tell you that I think in 20 years HR won't have the same reputation. I think it's one of those things that we're probably going to always have that police, principal, office sort of mentality or reputation. Um, But if you're focused on your brand from the start, hopefully you can curb some of that. Um, My biggest compliment is when somebody introduces me and they say, well, she's HR, but I mean, not really because she's cool or she's not normal HR. Um, I love that because that means that they, you know, that I'm a real person to them and that I, you know, hopefully that means that I do something to help and support them.
0: It's funny that you mentioned, you kind of went down that road of of what we've all experienced with HR being the police and that kind of thing. And it makes me think of all the times I've seen HR represented in television or movies. It's the worst. You know, you think about Toby from The Office. It's awful. It um, doesn't really bode well for helping us create that HR brand publicly. But, you know, for those listening who maybe have just had that aha moment that, for whatever reason, no judgment here, but you have a terrible HR brand, right? And you need to start that process of repairing and building your brand up again. Kate, what are some pieces of advice you would give to somebody who's just had that revelation that they've got some work to do to create a really good brand?
1: Yeah, uh, I think the first thing is just being honest about it. Finding someone you know in your organization that you trust, getting some feedback. So if you are worried and you think you have a terrible HR brand, go do some research first. Figure out what that word terrible means. Uh, Oftentimes, we are super hard on ourselves. Um, And after you do a little bit of research, what you might find is that somebody wishes that you were just more approachable or more available or that the advice you gave um, had a little bit more reasoning behind it and a little bit more of the why. Very rarely do I see that it's just terrible meaning really bad from an HR perspective, you know, but start with getting that feedback and then just be honest with the people you work with. Hey, you might see me acting a little bit different. I'm working on my brand. I've gotten some feedback that I need to be a little bit more approachable and I'm accountable to that. And so I want you to also help me with that and let me know if you don't feel unapproachable and really the And this really kind of goes with anything, any sort of if you've ever read anything about executive coaching or if you have really coached anyone else. The first thing you always start with is sort of this um, kind of back to basics honesty statement, which is you're going to see me acting a little bit different, but that's because I'm trying to improve. And any assistance, any help, any guidance, um, any feedback you're willing to give me, I will welcome with open arms. I think that's really kind of where you can start from a tactical standpoint to really start rebuilding that HR brand.
0: I like that you keep coming back to transparency. There's so many opportunities we have to be transparent on our journey as HR practitioners and transparent in the feedback that we give people. Um, Okay, last question. When it comes to marketing your brand, you know, a lot of HR practitioners have started to take on this marketing mindset when it comes to rolling out programs. How can they start to think about marketing and HR brand? Because I think a lot of this, like you shared, is based on experience and interactions and developing that reputation. But is there pieces where they can be more public, more vocal about what their HR brand is?
1: Yeah, you know, I'll be honest, Sherry, I think that one's probably the toughest part. Um, I do think that we are trying to focus more on, you know, marketing things as an HR organization. Um, You know, when you think about it, I would say probably really focus on the why. And I know that I've said that a couple times, but when you are marketing yourself or you're marketing a program, the first thing that any naysayer is going to say is kind of that whiff of, what's in it for me? Why do I want to do this? Um, And as a practitioner, we've a lot of times have been trained to say, because you have to, because it's the law, because it's the policy, because the CEO said they want it that way, because you know, the state of wherever requires that you have two hours of sexual harassment training, so you have to do it. That's great for us, based on our our brains and the way that we work in HR, we understand that most people need a little bit more than that. It's not just that the policy requires it or that the state says you have to do it, but why do we think that the state says that? What might have happened in the past that someone created that policy? You know, I think the whiffle is also really important, helping people see what's in it for them, and it's not just. You know, will you have a broader understanding of something? Like, no, you might actually learn something. And when you learn something, how does it help your own development? And so when we think about marketing, it's kind of going back to the why that we're doing things, giving people, again, a more transparent understanding um, and being open to feedback. There might be something that you're rolling out, that you are marketing really hard. You're explaining the why. You're showing them what's in it for them. But if you don't ask for feedback from, you know, help, from your um, constituents, I guess you could say, is... They might, you know, they might never get with it. But if you ask them in the process, like, hey, I've done all of these things, do you understand what's in it for you? And you get some feedback, you might be able to make it a lot better. That marketing piece also demonstrates that as a practitioner, you believe you don't know everything and you believe that you always can improve too. And the best way to really get someone on board and on your side is for them to see that you're human. Kate, I
0: love it. So it's great advice, both tactically um, and kind of theoretically, as you think about developing your brand. So hopefully those listening can walk away and think about how they're going to tackle their brand in this upcoming year as they uh, make their plans for 2021. Uh, Hopefully there'll be some time to work on um, HR brand and not just COVID this year. So uh, again, Kate, thanks for jumping on with me.
1: Thanks for having me, Sherry.